Alright, welcome in to another edition of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here. Mr. Brad Thomas. It's hey. one of the best college football Saturdays that we have had in quite some time. Can't wait to get into it with you. Yeah, uh, listen, I will say this. I'm going to start off by saying last week was tough, right? Not not, not necessarily we didn't get good games, just the lack of, of non-ranked matchups. But now... It's like we are packed, packed. What are there, like nine ranked matchups this week? Something crazy. Yeah, in the Pac-12 coming in hot, uh, there's going to be a couple Pac-12 ranked matchups that we won't even get into. It's a very busy day for the conference. Um, but let's start it off with the game of the weekend in South Bend. Number six, Ohio State, and number nine, Notre Dame. Ohio State coming in here. I saw the line hover at three. It seems like it is staying at three and a half. But I will say this, if you're looking at the odds, I am seeing minus three and a half at plus 100 odds, which tells me that Ohio State needs a better line. Ohio State opened this season. If you were to look at this game and bet this game over the summer, Ohio State was seeing yeah. at about a seven and a half, eight point favorite. Now we're looking at a three and a half point line. Now, I asked myself this question, Brad, what has changed to this point? What has changed is the national perception of the Ohio State team that we thought we were going to see coming into the season based on how they looked against Indiana and Youngstown State. Fair. But let me tell you, from somebody who lives this team every single day, that team that played against Western Kentucky is the Ohio State team I thought we were going to see this season. And I believe that that is the team that we're going to see go to South Bend on Saturday night and beat the Irish by 10 points. I'm riding Ohio State here, minus three, minus three and a half, whatever it is. I think that that version of Kyle McCord that we saw in that first half against Western Kentucky is more in line with what we're going to see on Saturday night. Yes, it was against an inexperienced secondary, but the connections that he has right now and the confidence that he has since they named him the starter is going to be the key because everybody is talking about Sam Hartman. And you know how much I love Sam Hartman. I think that, that he can really take Notre Dame – to that next level or that next step. But no one's talking about combo cord and nobody is talking about this Ohio State offense now, which is why the spread is so low. I'm taking the value here and I'm taking the minus three and a half. I'm going to be on the other side, Miles. Um, naturally, my main bet, I teased them all the way up to, I believe it was eight and a half. For me, this is a value play. Um, before I get into the logistics of the side and numbers, I have these two teams pretty even on paper. Um, even if we give Notre Dame a 1.5 home field advantage, still pretty even, which means I have to take the plus three and a half. Ohio State wins by a field goal. I win my money, you know? But what makes me even more confident in saying that is let's first look at EPA margin. Um, and I'm going to go through numbers and I'm going to talk about what we're seeing on the field. Let's look at EPA margin. Right now we have Notre Dame coming in at two, Ohio State coming at three. Um, we have offensive ratings four and five ohio state four notre dame five defensive ratings 30th notre dame 30th ohio state 40th um basically identical on defensive success rate sixth for ohio state and ninth the edge obviously is pointing to ohio state as the better team but when we're separating it by three and four places on a grid i have to back the home team getting points now the reason i teased it up was because it if ohio state were to come in here Win this game by five points, it would not surprise me. And why I say that is we look at this Ohio State team and we look at 
defensively, and I talked about this, and this is a reason for another bet I'm going to talk about in this game. Defensively, we would say, hold on one second. Wow, sorry about that. Cat got my tongue. Defensively, we talk about this Ohio State team. They've been pretty good. Um, and a lot of their success has been on the pass rush, right? They've been able to get pressure on the quarterback. The issue, if you want to find issue in Ohio State, would be uh, stopping the run or or their run defense. I think Ohio State puts a lot of emphasis on stopping Audric Estime because it's harder to beat a team through the air, regardless of who they are, than it is to beat a team on the ground. If this becomes one of those games where they just make it a nasty dogfight, similar to the first half in uh, last year's game, it's going to be a one-possession game all game, um, which led me to take also take Sam Hartman over 40, 240 and a half passing yards. Um, I think Ohio State knows what they have on their team. They have two really good running backs, great wide receiver core. They have uh, a quarterback who showed promise. They want Notre Dame to beat them. They don't want to get beat. So for me, I think they try to keep everything in front uh, to control the line of scrimmage. And all that just sounds like a a game that's going to be close. Um, I don't have, when I say I don't have much conviction on Notre Dame plus three and a half, that is 100% me playing the numbers there. And that Ohio State defense is much improved. And what really told me that is watching them last week against Austin Reed, who's going to most likely going to be a draft pick. Yeah. Um, coming up here in April for that Western Kentucky offense. Over the past five, six seasons, Western Kentucky has consistently had a top five offense, passing offense more specifically in college football. And the Ohio State corners are looking much more disciplined than last year. They're playing a lot better in man coverage. And our front seven, as you said, is getting after the quarterback. I have really? confidence that Notre Dame hasn't seen something like they're going to see on Saturday night in this much improved Ohio State secondary and a front seven that was already very good. So I'm really excited to see how the Buckeyes come out and play against Hartman and the Irish. Before we get to the next right, game, let's go ahead. Can we, can, can we at least say this? I'm yeah, excited. I'm excited that we're both going to be at the game of the week. Yeah. That's Me gonna, too. That's like, I'm like, I've been looking forward to this game when I almost couldn't go. I was almost in tears now that I'm going. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. And, South Bend is one of those spots. I'm going to be rooting for the Buckeyes regardless of of what my money says on Notre Dame. I know you will. Buckeyes win by five. I'm excited. You win your bet. I win my big bet on Notre Dame plus eight. We'll see. Looking forward to it. Should be a good one. Uh, Let's go into number 18, Colorado, number 13, Oregon. Colorado was the most watched Pac-12 after dark game in the history of ESPN last weekend. Almost 10 million viewers for a 10 o'clock Eastern time Dude. start, usually they're lucky to get a million viewers for a 10 o'clock Eastern time game, Brad. It is unbelievable. I mean, I, big new kickoff is one thing, right, to, to get that kind of viewership. But then, then to move it <laughs> to the 10 o'clock game on ESPN, you still get 10 million viewers. And it was a great game. Um Colorado is is one of the biggest stories of college football, but more more importantly, one of the biggest stories of betting in college football. These lines are almost <laughs> impossible to figure out. And now we've got Oregon as 21-point favorites at home against a Colorado team that Vegas obviously still doesn't know what we have. Yes. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's so funny because, like, 
what would we what would we call what would we make the spread like if Colorado was having the success like 24 and then the books made it 16 and a half and then the line moved five points I'm probably gonna go with I'm gonna have to go with Colorado on the spread here um there's a lot not to like right but someone said this um I think it was Gary Sears he said this and it, it kind of resonated with me with Colorado. When you look at their numbers, you just have to throw everything out, right? They have – they're 79th in offensive success rate against the run. They're 100 – like, I'm just going to say all these numbers. They're 100th or 90th in, like, every category except for the two that matter. Number one, Shadur Sanders is playing like a freaking beast. And number two, they're playing with confidence and swagger. They did lose Travis Hunter, which scares me a little bit, which is why I took Bo Nix over 308 passing yards. And I took um, Troy Franklin over 80 and a half receiving yards, but it's just, it's just too much. It's, it's too much going on with this program where they believe it kind of reminds me of, um, Oh my God, what's the movie with the, with, with Sudeikis? Uh, you know, they have the, we believe sign Richmond, AFC Richmond. It reminds me of like AFC. Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, like a bunch of ragtag guys going out there playing football and they believe they can win every game. I didn't love what I saw against Colorado State, but at the end of the day, they won that game in a rivalry game, which still counts for something. I think the line ballooned a little bit too much. I'm just going to have to take the, the plus 21. Yeah, it's if you're going to give me 21 points in this game, as long as it stays over that number, I will also take Colorado. And let me just say, this will be the fourth week in a row that I've been in Colorado. And they were very profitable for me up until last weekend when I started live betting them. And it all went downhill. <laughs> Um, but as you said, still found a way to win. Uh, it was one of those gritty rivalry games where they went in really with all the pressure, thought they handled the spotlight pretty well. The, the team and the swagger and the confidence is unlike anything I've ever seen on a college football field. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how they manage that through a very tough Pac-12 schedule, USC, yeah, next weekend. Um, but, you know, Oregon's been good, but they haven't really been in a game like this. And you're telling me that, that they can win this game by 20 and I still cover the spread. Uh, it's tough to bet against Colorado at this point, especially when they're getting now. A lot of experts on Twitter are telling me that this is the easiest line for Oregon, that if Colorado would have blown out Colorado State, then we'd be seeing like a minus 14 line. I don't really care because honestly, at this point, no one can figure out what is going to exactly. happen in these Colorado games. Nobody. <laughs> Colorado, uh, RJ Young on Fox Sports today on Twitter called a Colorado win. So it's like they were 20-point wow. dogs to TCU and no one thought they had a chance. What's the difference here? There is no difference. Exactly. Um, so Colorado plus 21. Um, I'll take it with you. All right, let's go ahead and move over into the Big Ten once again. We've got number 25, Iowa, going on the road to face number seven, Penn State. I'll go ahead and start with this one. Uh, Brad, we weren't able to do a show last weekend, but – Going off of your Twitter and my own eyes, my biggest and most confident bet of last weekend was Penn State minus 15 yes. against Illinois. They win 30 to 13. It's a little bit of a slow start, but really turned out to be the game that we thought it was. In this game, I originally wanted to take Iowa. I had Iowa plus 15. It's a lot of points for what is a really good Iowa team. But the more that I watch the Iowa offense, the more that I just start to steer away from taking them in this game and I really think they're going to keep it close in the first half. But I can see Penn State winning this game by 15. But I will say, 
The Penn State offense is not exactly what I thought we were going to see at this point. Yes, yes they did win last weekend, 30-13, to 13, but it was not because of the offense. It was not because of Drew Aller, and it was not because of that running game. Um, I expected a much more dominant showing for the Penn State offense this year, and instead I feel like I'm just watching a retread of the Sean Clifford offense, and that makes me more comfortable as an Ohio State fan, but less comfortable as a better. Even so, I don't see any differences from Iowa either. Kate McNamara has by far the worst QBR in the Big Ten. There's yes. no differences in this offense. So even though it is a very big number, and this is really a 50-50 shot for me, I'm going to go with Penn State minus 15. I went and took Iowa plus 15. I just think getting more than two touchdowns was something I wanted to. When I was uh, handicapping this, um, I selected this game with full anticipation that I was going to bet Penn State. I didn't know the line. I just was assuming I was betting Penn State. And I started digging a little bit more. And I was like, Penn State probably wins every whiteout game. 10-8 and eight in whiteout games. They probably cover the spread at home all the time. Uh, Iowa was 6-3-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 um, in Beaver Stadium. I think that this defense – really good. I think this defense for Iowa can do enough. Um, I am worried about Caden McNamara. He threw three picks. Now he's going against the one of the best secondaries in college football. But if they can just keep it close and not make mistakes, I just think this number is too big. Um, you did touch on something I want to say too. Like the Penn State offense – isn't what we thought it would be. We thought we were going to see like lights out, like more like what we were seeing out of Syracuse is what I thought we'd see the Penn State offense like, but it's not. And I'm going to take this. I've had people already uh, read while well, watch my videos and say, Brad, you are nuts for taking Iowa in this situation. So be it. I just think there's too many points. To your point, man, Iowa usually plays well at Penn State. Uh, it's a good against the spread record. Yeah, I like it. All right, man, let's go ahead into the next game, which is not a ranked matchup, but it might as well be. We've got number three, Florida State, going on the road at Clemson. In a, It is a packed college football Saturday, but, dude, Florida State is only two-point favorites on the road here at Clemson. Something is going on here. It's obviously still a big game. Uh, Vegas is obviously still very confident in Clemson's ability. Who you got? I'm going to have to take Florida State here, and this is why. If Florida State lose this game, it's not because they're not the better team. It's because the lights were too bright for them. Florida State, I can ignore what happened against Boston College. They have a name for that game. What is it called? The Red Bandana Game or something where they play every year and it's a difficult game. Florida State is better on both sides of the ball. Jordan Travis, the most efficient quarterback. They have Keon Coleman, the Michigan State uh, transfer, who's playing like freaking the best wide receiver outside of Marvin Harrison. They have uh, uh, the freaking dude who drops the ball all the time. He's still good. Uh, Davis uh, on the defensive line. Their defensive line stacked, absolutely stacked. Now we talk about Clemson. What does Clemson have besides a good coach? Clemson ranks 124th in explosiveness on offense. Like everything about what we saw, me and you, when we were together watching that Tennessee game that worried us about Clemson, and we said maybe it's just a bowl game. It lingered into the season, and I actually think that's their identity. They're not explosive. They don't get to the quarterback, and then they have a quarterback who has no confidence. And it could be the system. It could be the program because they rushed DJU out of town, and now they're living with what their decisions made. I have to take Florida State. Like I can't not take Florida State because I think that Florida State wins this game, and they are the better team. If they lose this game, the lights were just too bright. I like how you put that. Have to have to take Florida State here. Have to take Florida State minus two. 
My only concern is that if Florida State was minus seven, I still think there'd be 80% of the bets on Florida State at minus seven. And and Vegas had to know that. But instead, we're sitting at a line that's minus two, and I think almost 90% of the bets are on Florida State at this point. And I'm thinking, what, what are they seeing that we're not? Because let me tell you something about college football. It is week to week. You are yeah. not going to look like the best version of yourself each week. In any conference game, whether it's Boston College, I, I don't care what it is. Look at Ohio State at Indiana. Those games yep. are always tough. You're not all, People get so wrapped up in, oh, this team has to look like Georgia or has to look like the, the, you know, the Bamas that we've seen. And it's just not that kind of year. Exactly. We've seen Florida State's best game against a very good – look what else you did to Mississippi State last week. Against yeah. a very good LSU team. That Florida State team, I think, is going to be the version that we see against a Clemson team who has no identity and no direction of what they want to do. Um, and we've beaten the dead horse talking about Clemson. But after that loss to Duke on Labor Day, stick a knife in them. Yeah. And the, the other – reason that I believe that that line is is the way it is, is because Clemson has been virtually unbeatable at home in the Dabba Sweeney era. So I'm telling you, Brad, if Florida State goes in there and wins this game, even if they cover by three, but if they win by seven or ten, it will be the end yes. of Clemson. They'll be calling I, for, D- for Dabo's spike, head on a spike. Yeah, because they don't lose at home, and they yeah. don't lose conference games at home, which is why the spread is the way it is. You have to keep in mind, when Vegas is setting these lines, not only do they go by data, but they go by history. And they go by the you know 50 games that they've had before to, to figure out how this game is going to go. I believe Florida State is the better team. And with only a two-point spread, I have to believe that they'll find a way to get this done. I agree. All right, let's go ahead into our last one in the SEC. It's number 17, Ole Miss, and number 10, Alabama. I've seen this line go all over the place, man, but we're just going to go ahead and settle on Alabama minus seven. It's going to be the Jalen Milrow show. You saw Bama in person last weekend. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that uh, people are overreacting. Line opened immediately at 11 and a half and plummeted down to uh, to six, now back up to seven when Milrow was named starter. I think there's a lot to like about this offense that Alabama has under Milrow. There's a lot to dislike as well, but I think that the bookmakers might've got it right around 11. I can't take it personally, just from what we've seen. But when I look at Jalen Milrow, he's been great at short passes. He's been great down the field. I think like 80% completion down the field. They need to tailor their offense to who their quarterback is. When I was at that game at South Florida, you know, one thing that no one talked about, Alabama went on the road in a rain game and held a team. I don't care who it is, held a team to three points. And the only three points that they scored were because of a muffed punt. You could talk about the offense having all these issues, but I was really impressed with that, with that defense. Um, Right now, defense is 17th in net points per drive. Um, They're, they're 23rd in EPA per pass, 16th EPA per rush. What I'm really worried about, Ole Miss is they have Pete Golding. One of two things is going to happen. The old Alabama DC. Pete Golding's going to know Alabama's weaknesses, which I doubt because there's a new offensive coordinator in there, a bunch of new players. Or, or Saban's going to know Golding's defensive scheme weaknesses, and he's going to pick them apart with that. I end up taking this line up to 13. I got Ole Miss plus 13. 
I don't want to touch it any other way. But I'm, I wouldn't be su- surprised if Alabama wins this by double digits. And I think that the pressure is not on Nick Saban. Everyone wants to pretend like Nick Saban's feeling all this pressure. Like Nick Saban is sitting on a t- enough rings and trophies where he doesn't feel pressure. The pressure is on Lane Kiffin. Why? Because let's face it, Miles, this this team uh, that Ole Miss has is better than Alabama's team, right? If he can't beat Saban with this team, when is he going to beat them? Because Alabama, we know they're a year away. Alabama has the youngest roster in college football. If Alabama squeaks squeaks by and gets into a New York six, New Year's Six Bowl, that's a win for them because they get Jalen Monroe back, Rodell Williams back, their running backs, their 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 freaking freshman offensive lineman back. Like it, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Ole Miss. I wouldn't be surprised to see either team cover. I'm going to pass, but I like Ole Miss up to 13 if you can find a parlay piece. Definitely more pressure on Lane Kiffin. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm going to go Ole Miss here, plus seven. I can't believe the line opened at 11, honestly, with the way that they've been playing. And I'm not talking about the USF game because that it, that literally can happen to anybody. And, and that was literally a practice for <laughs> Nick Saban because he wanted to see how his other quarterbacks would do. It was a rainy scrimmage practice um it was never a game but i told you that they never should have taken milro this is milro's team you've got to let him develop you've got to let him be him i think they're going to be a much better team uh uh this time in october november than they are right now which is why i'm comfortable taking the points here with Ole miss giving them a game uh i think bama wins but but as you said all the pressure's on lane kiffin and i think that he throws everything he's got at this game so i'll take the cover I like uh, both running both quarterbacks to hit their rushing total over 43 and a half and over 46 and a half. Um, neither one of these teams, although they both are averaging three sacks per game, they're not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback and both quarterbacks when their backs are against the wall, they use their legs. So that's kind of how I like for this game. Definitely Milrow over rushing yards. And so that's a fun one to do if you're going to watch Bama. Yep. Yep. That was fun. Miles. Uh, I'm excited to see you this weekend. Hopefully we can make it work where we link up. Uh, excited that we have great college football and excited for everyone who is tuning in or watching on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, smash the like and the bell button. And if you're listening in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Miles Markowitz, I'm Brad Thomas. Best of luck this weekend.